Welcome to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Judith Venus, the therapist at Wellspring and the host of today's show. Today's topic, Parenting Essentials, Decoding Discipline. And with me today to discuss this important topic is Alicia. She works with families and parents at Wellspring. She's very well versed in this. So super excited to talk about this incredibly relevant topic for families and parents everywhere. So thank you for being here, Alicia. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. So let's get just right into it. Discipline is something that parents everywhere might have different ideas about, different definitions and different ways of implementing. How would you define discipline for us? Yeah. And so I think you said something really important right there, Judith, is that parents have different thoughts on it. They have their own different definitions. And I really think that's something that is important to know is that a lot of parents come at discipline with the lens that they that they have seen and witnessed um, discipline themselves. So how they were raised, those around them, um, maybe the, the, the family that they're in and how they discipline. So I would say how I would define discipline is is that discipline, if you really look at what the root of discipline is, it is the act of teaching and training our children. So it is the act of being able to give our kids different tools that they need to handle different situations. It's the act of teaching and really being able to give our kids and help our kids to be able to understand their their own emotions, their own social well-being, their own spiritual well-being, their own emotional well-being. So it really is coming at it from a lens of how can I step into this situation with my child in a healthy way, a, a way that their own emotions are regulated and for them to be able to get into it and be able to teach their children the correct way to handle any situation. And so again, going back to what you said, I think parents a lot of times see discipline through the lens of punishment, see the discipline through the lens of um, I, you know, maybe even in an angry way. And I know we'll talk about that maybe later, but, but a lot of times discipline is really seen in a negative way because that's how a lot of parents were raised is to see discipline in a way where their parents maybe really didn't know how to control their emotions, didn't know how to regulate their own, um, their own self. And so that's how they saw discipline. Yeah. So we can see, it sounds like it's, it's a bigger sphere than just like you said, punishment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So one thing that I always say to parents, um, and you know, is that when we look at our child, right. And so we look at the behavior that they are seeing. And so maybe they're seeing their, their child that continuously comes in late from curfew, right. Or they see their child is continuously arguing with their sibling or their child is continuously disobeying them. Right. I always say is that, our child, when we want to go and speak on that, when we really want to go and really teach them that, okay, coming in at 11 p.m. is not okay when I'm telling you to be in at 1030, or it's not okay to constantly be making fun of your brother or your sister, or no, it's not okay to continuously be disrespectful. I say this, is that the way that you want to go about that is in a way of how can I reach my child by connecting to their heart? Because that's the way that true change happens. True change happens within our children is that when we're reaching and connecting to their heart, because that's where change happens, right? So when parents get upset and maybe yell or belittle their kids or scream at their kids or, um, you know, even sometimes hit their children, 
right? That is only making a short-term behavioral change. And normally that change is being made because there's fear, right? So their child is feared into obeying them. Like, oh my goodness, I better not be in past 10 or 10.30, whatever my curfew is. Because if I do get in late, my mom or my dad is gonna yell at me or scream at me or you know, use some, some sort of threat with me, right? So they might come in. And again, we know that when there is that type of parenting, when it's fear-based parenting, we know that that, behave, that type of parenting doesn't make the long, doesn't make a positive long-term impact on our child. And that's what we want. And that's what healthy discipline does is make a long-term positive impact where it's connecting with the heart. So we want to look at what is going on that my child is not coming in curfew on time. Why are they always arguing? So we really want to speak to them in a way that we're connecting with their heart, which really does mean that I have to control my emotions. The way to con connect with our child is by regulating your emotions as a parent. That's the number one way that kids will feel safe and feel a connection is when they know that my mom or dad is not going to belittle me, that my mom and dad is not going to yell or scream at me, that their emotions are going to be controlled. And that's how, when we control our emotions, we can look at it through a logical sense, right? So if my mm -hmm. child is constantly arguing with their sibling, I want to look at it through a logical way. How can I work through this? How can I speak to my child where I'm giving them the tools to know how to handle their emotions so they're not always mm -hmm. arguing with their sibling? But when my emotions as a parent are all over the place, or I'm extremely um, angry, or I'm flying off the hand with my emotions, all my child is going to see is that negative emotion that I'm bringing into it, right? They're, they're not even going to hear what you're saying, which again, you may be bringing great advice. You might be speaking wisdom, wisdom into them, but they're only going to see and hear than the emotion that you're bringing into it. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like we're we're trying to make a difference from between reactionary of a consequence uh, of an immediate consequence to in a safe way, in a safe place, be able to understand and learn from what is happening. Absolutely, you nailed it. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when we go at parenting, as you just said, Judith, in a reactionary way, we're always, always going on our emotion, right? Reactionary always means I'm going on my emotion. And when we're going on our emotion, that means that that's, that's what our child is seeing is the emotion. I always say that discipline will always be made wor worse if it is done with a negative emotional response. Okay, so mm -hmm. discipline is going to be more damaging to our child. It's actually going to be more damaging and it's going to harm the situation more if it is done in a negative way where my emotions are are present. Okay, that's where discipline is actually going to be damaging to your child. It's done in that way. And so um, I, I did want to have, you know, kind of some five steps that I always encourage parents. And if this would be an appropriate time for me to share that, would I would love to share with you the five steps to healthy discipline. Okay. And so the five steps I always bring to parents is the, these five. The first one is, again, as, as just Judith and I were just talking about, is being able to separate your emotions from the behavior that is happening, okay? So the first step is, is I wanna take my emotions and separate them and put them aside to be able to deal with, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the behavior that is happening, okay? And so when I can separate my emotions from the behavior I'm trying to address, such as my child coming in late, to curfew, such as sibling arguing, whatever the behavior is that I need to address, I need to separate and put my emotions on the back burner and go at it with a logical, clear head. Okay, when I can go at it 
with a logical, clear head, then I can address the behavior that is there. Okay. So that's the first step is the first one is to separate your emotions. The second step is I need to be able to think logically and not go at it with a fighting attitude. Okay. A lot of parents is they tend to, when they don't separate their emotions, they tend to go at it with, I want to kind of, they're not thinking this, but they're starting to do this power struggle and this fight with their child, right? Then it's the words back and forth. And then it's the power struggle. And I, I, I've said this before, most of the time when our kids are disobeying you or not doing what, that, what you've asked them to do, most of the time it is some sort of power struggle, right? Our kids aren't thinking that. The kids aren't thinking, oh, I'm doing a power struggle with mom or dad or whoever, mm-hmm. but that is typically what is happening. And so we have to know that our kids are already going at this with some sort of power struggle, even though it's unintentional, but that is what's happening. So we really want to step two is be able to go at the behavior or to address whatever is in front of whatever issue needs to be addressed at the time with thinking in a logical way, not in a way to have more of a power struggle or to have an argument or fight with your child. Okay. That's step number two, which again, I think is really challenging because when someone comes at us with emotions and naturally raises our emotions. Okay. Absolutely. So someone, yeah. Yeah. And so when someone comes at us and they're angry, you naturally, your emotions are naturally heightened, right? You could be at a very neutral state and someone comes at you angry or upset. You naturally, your emotions rise because I've always said to parents is that our kids tend to match our emotion. Okay. So mm-hmm. if you're really angry, your kids are going to match that emotion and be, and become angry themselves. Even if they're not angry, they're going to start feeling that anger because our kids are like mm-hmm. sponges. Okay. So that number two, number one and two are so vitally important when we're wanting to address any sort of behavior or to discuss anything with our kids is we really want to make sure that our emotions are in check and that we're going at it with a clear, logical way. Okay. And number three, the next number three is when you're addressing your kid's behavior is, is always to let consequences and empathy run the conversation. Okay. And, and we will talk about consequences, but really when we are going at this is such as if my child is, you know, coming in late from curfew, I would always say is I want to go at it in an empathetic way, understanding why they're doing that, even though it may not be okay. I still want to understand, right. We want to be good listeners because listening really also connects with our child's heart. Right. And as I said it before, when we really want to address and be um, parents that look at the long-term positive effects of discipline, long-term positive effects of discipline mean that I am raising kids that are strong socially, emotionally, and spiritually, and physically. Okay. That's a long-term goal. That's our long-term vision. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at this, this concept, when we're looking at their behavior with an empathetic way, meaning I want to understand and listen, and then say, okay, this is the consequence that has come up. Okay. And we'll talk a little bit about consequences as well. Okay. So we want to let consequences, empathy, run that, that discussion. And number four, as we really want to control our emotions and control the situation with maturity. And I say, as we really want to be able to show our children what it looks like to be a healthy adult by going about it in a mature way. Okay. I really yeah. want to set the tone that I, I, I'm, I'm controlling my emotions. I'm regulating my emotions. I'm thinking about it in a logical way. I'm having empathy, even though yes, there may need to be a consequence, which I agree, but I also want to go at it in a very controlled way, showing maturity. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is when the come, when the consequence comes is you have already decided what would be a healthy consequences, meaning two, and you sometimes can let your children choose such as, okay, because you've come in late again for curfew, 
you either A, tomorrow have to be in by 9 p.m., or I'm going to take away your phone for, for tomorrow, right? So maybe there are two consequences mm -hmm. that you are okay with your child, would go okay with your child having, and you can let them choose those. Why? And parents will say that all the time to me. Why is that? I say, because again, we already know that our kids are sometimes having a little bit of a power struggle. When you give a little bit of power back to them, which you've already decided it's okay, then you've put, you have the boundaries there. They sometimes will be more receptive. Okay. And they'll feel like my parents are allowing me to have some choice in this matter. And that to your children feels empowering to your children. So those are the five steps um, that I would really encourage parents to use and, and, and Lord willing, that's, that's really helpful to you. Absolutely. And as I heard you speak, I was really thinking about how empathy is so needed to get to the, and the listening, like you said, to get to the correct consequences. Cause once mm -hmm. you really understand what's the, maybe the root of what's happening, that's where you can effectively choose correct consequences that'll guide them. Mm -hmm. the way that they need to need to be led and need to learn. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you just said, Judith, is I, I think sometimes when we look, as I said at the beginning, as when we look at discipline, sometimes the lens that we see discipline is in such a negative way. We see discipline mm -hmm. as a way of punishing our children, as a way of getting yeah. angry at our children. And again, Consequences are needed. Absolutely. If we want to raise kids that are strong socially, emotionally, and spiritually, what should be our goal in raising kids and, and when we're having kids is to say that I want to raise kids that are healthy socially, emotionally, spiritually. We we really need to know that we need to look at it through the lens of of are we are we showing empathy to our children even when they make a mistake, even when they are doing something that they shouldn't be doing? Because I think that's where unconditional love comes in. I think that's really, I mean, for all of us, when we look at our relationship and our walk with the Lord, when we look at it as we know that 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 we mess up every day and God continuously forgives us and continuously forgives us. Yeah. And if we really want to show our kids what it means to be to be loved by a God that loves us with an everlasting love, we really want to be showing that love to our kids and showing them an unconditional love that, okay, you've messed up and there is a consequence because that's part of life is consequences. And giving consequences also encourages ownership for our kids, them to understand. Um, and But we need to go at it, as you just said, in an empathetic way, in a way that we are really listening and understanding. Not that we're, you know, going to, you know, give in to our kids. That doesn't mean when we listen that we're giving in, yeah. but it just means that we're listening um, in a way to understand them more. Yes. Yeah. And I love that you brought in that we can look at this, the best example of a father who, who in his desire to connect with us came to earth to, to really understand us. And in the same way, us as parents want to really connect, come down and figure out what's going on and truly understand in order to, to help them where they need to be helped. Yeah. And I think, you know, another thing that I really say to, to parents and, you know, kind of speaking a little bit more on the discipline is, is, you know, one motto that I encourage parents to think about is discipline is an extended, carefully planned event where my emotions are in check. It's not a sudden personal reaction where emotions are not in check. 
right? So again, when we really look at mm-hmm. discipline is, is that I have to prepare for when my kids are going to be disobedient, right? Because it needs to be carefully planned how I'm going to handle that. And that's why those five steps are so important. So if I'm really thinking about that, that how am I really managing my emotions? And so when my child disobeys me or when my child is not cooperative, right? I am prepared for that because when we're prepared and we've worked on managing our emotions, when we've prepared working on managing where I'm at, that means that I am going to be more successful. And what I mean by successful, it means that I'm able to connect with my child. It means that I can manage my emotions and work through that misbehavior or that disobedience in a healthy way where I'm helping, where I'm able to walk through that disobedience with my child, where I can, in a healthy way, correct them, guide them, get them back on the correct track. When I can talk about the disobedience in a, in a managed way, meaning that my emotions were in check, meaning that my emotions were not running that conversation, right? Where the conversation is being run by the event that has happened, meaning my child's misbehavior or disobedience or whatever. And so we can really talk through that. And so really looking at it is if we look at it, that it's a sudden personal reaction, then typically what is happening in that situation is that my emotions are running that conversation. And we know that when our emotions are running the conversation, um, that, that my child is only hearing my tone, which is normally negative when I, when when our emotions are running it, and my child is only seeing probably me not be in control of my emotions. So that's what that my child is seeing. And so that's what we're teaching our children is that when things go wrong, you get a negative response, right? And we don't want that. We want our children to know that mm-hmm. when it goes wrong, that we're going to walk through it with them in a healthy way. So- so just thinking a little bit about the planning, when should planning start then? Does it, is it something happens? So I should take some time to plan. Do I anticipate behavior beforehand? What can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So this is one thing that I encourage um, parents to do is for, for you to notice that wh- how, when your child is, when you notice that your child is doing something that they're not supposed to, right? I, I normally say kind of have a thermometer and, and you kind of have take a thermometer of your emotions and notice how long can you carry on a conversation talking about that misbehavior with your child until you start to notice that you start to get dysregulated with your emotions, okay? So when you start to notice, I'm starting to get dysregulated with my emotions, that is when I need to end that conversation with my child, right? So you need to know okay, I can have a conversation, but if my child really starts arguing with me or my child really starts talking back to me and you start to notice, okay, that's when I start to notice that I'm getting dysregulated and I'm starting to raise my voice and I'm starting to get angry. And so you really need to know how long you can carry on a conversation with your child. And at what point in that conversation, you need to be able to walk away or end the conversation. So you need to be aware of that. And I would also say is that, kind of having, like I said, preparing ahead of time, as I just said to you, I would really prepare and and have conversations with your child when you're not in the disagreement or when they're not, you know, when you're not having to discipline them and say to them, 
when I, that maybe there's a code word saying, okay, we need to have the code word giraffe. Meaning when we say the code word giraffe, we need to know that we need to stop that conversation because one of us is starting to get too emotional or one of us is starting to maybe, um, you know, be disrespectful in our tone or in how we're speaking. And so when we say that code word draft, we know that that conversation has to end and we have to walk away and go into separate rooms. So you should have planning with your child as well. And sometimes you may even realize that you can't even really deal with the consequence at that time. It may be that your child done something wrong. You know that you need a good day to kind of bring your emotions down, pray over the situation regulate your emotions, and then you can even go back to that conversation the next day because you don't need to discipline your child immediately. You can, you know, mm -hmm. say, hey, I know you're in late from curfew again. I'm really frustrated with this. So we're going to have a conversation tomorrow about this, right? So I think planning ahead meaning means you need to know how you can handle that situation, that behavior, or that event in a healthy way. And so those are some different tools that you could look at. Yeah, and that's really good to know because I think some parents often think that, oh, we need a discipline right away. But it sounds like mm. it's really okay and maybe very, very helpful to take a pause beforehand. Yeah, and so exactly. it's it, I think parents think oh, I have to be done immediately. You know, with younger kids, I say under the age, like toddlers, again, that might need to be done immediately. Like if your toddler continues to go over near the stove or if your toddler continues to hit another toddler, that might need, need to be done immediately, like where you need to remove your toddler or, you know, put them in timeout or something. So I'm so really what I'm talking about discipline can can wait is normally for older kids, maybe later elementary age, mid school and high school. Absolutely. It can wait. Absolutely. And I think sometimes the healthiest discipline when we're looking again for discipline that is going to um, really reach and connect with your child's heart and really make a connection with your child, that discipline when we're looking to do that really sometimes needs to wait. You know, I have three kids and sometimes my husband and I know that we have to wait until the next day or even, uh, you know, two days later to really address the behavior because we want to make sure we've prayed over it. We want to make sure that we really ask God's direction on it. Um, and we also just want to make sure that our emotions are in check so we can talk to our child in a really healthy, regulated way. You know, and then um, well, I don't know if you had something you want to ask, Judith, but another thing I always say is that you know, discipline when we're looking at connecting with our child's heart, and I know I've said this, is, you know, the four kind of the foundation to connecting with our child's heart really needs to be done in a way <clears throat> where we're creating a foundation, you know, every day with our child that they're safe, safe emotionally. That's what I'm talking about, safe emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And so when we're creating that foundation that they that they know that they're safe emotionally, that they know that they're safe physically and safe spiritually, you're creating a foundation where discipline when they do something wrong is kind of just more of that organic, natural conversation. Like, okay, you were in, you were in late. What, what's going on? Why, why are you in late? Help me to understand this. Right. So if you're creating that atmosphere in your home where emotions are safe, you know, your spiritual life is safe, that you're safe physically, you're creating that it's more of those organic conversations. So that's really the first point in, in creating um, an atmosphere where discipline is going to connect with your child's heart. And then the second one is, is where I am on a daily basis trying to connect with my children, trying to build those healthy conversations where we're having conversations with our kids about hard things. And so when hard things do come up, it's such as misbehavior, it's already that natural, again, organic conversation because mm -hmm. we've already had conversations about other hard topics. And when I'm saying other hard topics, 
as we know, parents of teenagers, you're having conversations about sexuality and drugs and technology and social media. That's what I mean about hard conversations. Um, and then the third thing really in creating that discipline that connects with your child's heart is also being able to know what discipline, meaning what consequence is needed. Okay. And, and I always say start off small with discipline because you want it to be where you can build on that if needed, right? So I'm going to take your phone away for two hours. Okay. Now you're still not being respectful. So now it's going to be three hours, right? We always say that make sure discipline starts off small or consequences, excuse me, start off small. So you can build on that if needed. But all of this, why I'm saying all this is, is it's really understanding that, that kids need that connection to the heart in order for the consequences to really impact them and in order for discipline to impact them. If we want the discipline to impact them, we need to know that, again, it has to hit the heart, connect with the heart. And that's where we know that it's going to make that long-term difference. And it sounds like then in order to connect to the heart, it's exactly like you've been saying, it's not that oh, in the moment where discipline is needed, oh, that's how we're going to try to figure out to connect with my child. It seems like discipline is going to be an extension flowing out from the whole relationship with you have you have with your child. So okay. that if you're building that connection on your day-to-day when nothing negative is happening, where they trust you, where they can feel like they can talk about things and that you listen to them when it comes to the difficult moments, exactly like you said, the trust is already built. They feel like they're probably going to be heard. So Mm -hmm. it will be effective at that Mm -hmm. point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so you're absolutely correct. And that's, that's how it is. You, you said it perfectly, Judith is, is we, we want to be creating an atmosphere in a home where our kids are able to have those hard conversations, where our kids' emotions are valued, right? Because I said, God gives us our emotions, right? We we're emotional beings because that's the way God created us. And so I always say anger is not wrong. Anger is a part of who you are at times, right? We feel anger at times. We feel sadness at times. And those emotions need to be welcomed. And we need to model as parents how to how to handle our anger in a healthy way. We need to model to our kids, when I'm sad, how do I handle that, right? What are the resources and tools I have to handle my sadness? And so you're absolutely correct that that it's it's really being able to create a home where our children are shown that unconditional love, where our kids are shown what it looks like to be a healthy, emotional, social, and spiritual being, because that's who God created us to be. And so when the hard times come, such as there's misbehaviors or there are different things we need to address, it's more of that natural, organic conversation that we've already been having all along, right? And so again, it may look a little bit different because a child might get a consequence, but they've already had those conversations. Um, They've already known what it looks like to have hard conversations. Yes. And they'll know that after the consequence and after their behavior, parents are still there, still love them. The relationship will continue. Absolutely. That's correct. Yes. Yes, that that repair. I say repair is so important. That's really where we can show God's love to our kids is through the repair. Meaning, maybe they've had, you know, you've had to have a hard conversation. Maybe you've had to give them a consequence, such as, you know, they can't go out with their friends the next day. But you absolutely, as you said, we we have followed up with that, where where we've given them the love and the care, where we've prayed with them, where we've said to them, okay, you know, just because we've done this doesn't mean that we don't love you. We're actually doing this, and we're we're um giving you this consequence because we know what this is what is best for you because 
part of consequences is showing our kids that there are boundaries and that there are um, that we're responsible, we're responsible for our actions. And so that's really what consequences show is that you are responsible for what you do, right? So when you're late and you're not obeying, there is a natural consequence to that. And that's healthy that because we care for you, because we put these boundaries in place, because we want to create safety for you and protection for you. And that's why we have boundaries with our kids is for safety and protection. Yeah. Sounds like discipline really contains the pre, everything before, the during, and the after. And so one thing I, you know, would say is kind of as we're going into looking at this, Judith, is, you know, two things, two little tidbits of advice I would give is that, you know, the negative mistakes we can make when it comes to, you know, having those hard conversations with our kids when we need to have consequences and discipline our kids is that we can talk too much and again, have too much negative emotion. So I always say this is that especially, you know, moms, us moms, I know I'm a mom myself and I can do this myself is we can talk too much. But I always say talking less when there has been some sort of misbehavior. And I always say looking at it is maybe shorten it to two or three sentences at a time and allowing your child to respond, such as, you know, the, the curfew is 10 p.m., it's 10.30, you know, why are you in a half hour late when I had made it clear that the curfew was 10 p.m.? Allow your child to answer, allow your child, even if your child's trying to get out of it, still allow your child to talk. Then you respond to whatever your child says. So talking less. And then again, as we've been talking all, all this whole time, is that when we can have, <clears throat> excuse me, too much negative emotion, um, you know, mm -hmm. again, meaning we're not regulating our emotions. And, and again, we already talked about that is separating our emotions from from the conversation that needs to have about the behavior. And so again, those two talking too much and having too much negative emotion will really at times really kind of um, be the negative that our children will take away, right? Like my mom wasn't listening or my dad wasn't listening and they just kept talking, didn't give me a chance to talk or they were just so angry that that's, again, that's what the kids are taking. Those two things will really um, make the conversation you wanna have with your child be a real negative one instead of a positive one. Yeah, and with too much talking, things can get lost in translation. Absolutely, yeah. And and it, you know, you may have a lot to say. And I always say this when you're when you're wanting to discipline your child, I always say, what is the top two things that you want to make sure your child hears, right? Mm -hmm. And again, like I said to you. Let the consequences and empathy run the conversation. So we know that our kids need it consequence, and but we want to make sure that empathy is running that conversation. And so, what are the two things that you want your child to hear, right, or understand? Such as, you know, um, you were disobeying me, and um, you know, I feel as though you haven't been, you know, listening very well. Those are the two things you want your child to hear. Those are the two mm -hmm. points you want to make. Right. And so we want to make sure that we're getting those two points across. And, in, and especially with boys, I always say boys respond best to less talk. Boys always respond best to less talk and girls respond best to empathy. OK, so those are the two things. So we know boys like a little less talk. They also need empathy. Absolutely. But girls and girls respond best to empathy. And those two things will connect with their kids heart when we're talking a little bit less with our boys and when we're showing empathy to girls. We know that's what's going to connect to their their heart. And so when we want to make those two points um, with our kids, we know that again, talking less and, you know, less negative emotion are, are, are really the ways to make sure that we're doing that. Yeah. And as I've heard you talk all this simulation, it's been such great information. The thing that's kind of been popping into my mind is just thinking, 
you know, as parents, we're looking to, towards how can we best discipline our children. But it honestly, it start, it sounds like it starts with, you know, self-discipline. How can we be disciplined first? Mm-hmm. And, in become, and in becoming self-disciplined, we can model and act on that in good ways for our children. And so it starts with us. Absolutely. You're correct. And I always say parenting is primarily about our self-awareness. Absolutely. And our own self-discipline. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. And that's hard for us parents. I know I'm a parent. And so it's very challenging. But I say when we are aware of ourselves, so we're aware of our emotion, we're aware and we are building, as you just said, self-discipline. And then we're able to really, again, mold and shape our children in a way that we are raising kids that are strong socially, emotionally, and spiritually. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alicia, thank you so much for being on the show today. We are out of time, so we need to close. Just thank you for all the information. So helpful on this topic of decoding discipline. We hope you've all learned more on how to effectively discipline children, but more than that, how to connect with your children, connect to their hearts in a way that will help their their life in the present, but also in the in their whole lifetime. So thank you for joining our show today. Again, if you joined this program midstream, you can find the show and others on podcasts at Wellspring on the Air or on our blog on wellspringmiami.org. The title of today's show again is Parenting Essentials Decoding Discipline. Encourage us and let us know you are listening by sending comments or questions to on the air at Wellspring.